0: Um, so today is an interesting day isn't it because it's the queen's jubilee Uh, so it's a jubilee it's also in it's also in israel it is actually a a a shemitah which is a jubilee year as well so it means all the farms in israel are not allowed to touch their land for a whole year uh, according to the the law in leviticus so that's law in israel so we're in the shemitah or shemitah it's basically a seven-year cycle so you've got seven years and on the seventh year you're not allowed to do anything and then they have so that's like a a small or a mini jubilee and then after seven times seven you get the big jubilee so once you've got your number 49 in the 50th year you have a big jubilee celebration and on that big jubilee celebration that's where you you forgive everybody all their debts so if you had a mortgage and stuff like boom goes to zero um, if you yeah i mean everything goes to zero i don't think it's ever knowingly been done um, you can understand why probably yeah. uh and also slaves got set free etc and that was the that was no, also known as the year of the lord's favor and so we'll come back to that in a little bit. But the reading in the churches and in the, um, for the Jewish people today, um, one of their readings that we have today, actually this is not for the Jewish people, there's another one, um, which is from Joel chapter two. So if you want to turn with me to that for a minute. And thanks everyone for putting your all into that worship. Yeah, I was really appreciated. Thanks singers. Good. Anyone else I need to thank? Okay. Your wife, your wife. Uh, my wife. Thank you, Tracy. Trish. Thanks. Yeah. And Trish and Karen and Claire. So many people. Um, so anyway, we're going to look at from verse 28, and it says, "Then afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves." In those days, I will pour out my spirit. I will show portents in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen. Amen. Now, often when I go around in my travels, I I sometimes share about how I believe that God is preparing us for a big end time revival. And one of the questions that I normally get is, well, where's that in the Bible then? How how can you prove that scripturally? Because some people, forgive the terminology, are dispensational in their theology. So they believe that just, just uh, as we go into the tribulation period of the church, that the church is taken away. And therefore, consequently, what's remaining for the next seven years is really dark and, and nasty, and, and it's just going to be awful, etc. Uh, but actually, this is the, my go-to scripture when everyone says, where in the Bible have you got an end-time scripture referring to a revival? Because the context of this passage is not... Quite as it was brought out in Acts chapter two, because Peter gets up, doesn't he? And everyone thinks everybody's drunk. You know, what's going on? All these guys, they're just speaking in our own language. Are these people drunk? Are they crazy? Isn't it what we do, though, isn't it? We see these amazingly wonderful spiritual things going on and we try to normalise it. Try and diminish it into, well maybe, well, maybe it's this, and maybe it's that. We really ought to stop doing that. If something supernatural is going on, see it for what whatever, obviously it's from God, see it for what it is and receive the blessing that's in it. Don't be offended at it. Don't try to normalize it into something that it's not. Hallelujah. So Peter got up and he said, you know, and he quoted this scripture, um, you know, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. But, this is, but when he quoted that, it was only partially fulfilled. Because you see, Pentecost as a festival, or is it Shavuot? Anyone? Yeah, yeah? okay. okay. Right. You, you, should, you should know this better than me, right? So, so Shavuot. So it's also known as the Feast of Ingathering as well. And it's, it's, a, it's a prophetic shadow of things yet to come where God gathers in the nations. And so as... From the first Pentecost that we would have in our church calendar when the spirit was given and the church literally exploded and went out to the world. So then at the end of time, at the big Pentecost, all of the nations get gathered in to God's kingdom that believe in him. Now, I'm a great believer that God is immutable, that God is unchanging. And if he did something a long time ago, chances are he'll do the same thing again. Okay, God doesn't change, he's not a man, he changes not. So if God poured out his spirit at the beginning, if you like, of when you know, Christianity started to explode, then it will also happen towards the end of the age as well. Because God is a good God. Do you honestly think that in the darkest hour of Earth's history, when everything is so bleak, and you have the rise of the Antichrist, if you believe in that kind of theology and stuff, and it's the most darkest time of Earth's history, do you think God's just going to sit there with his arms crossed and well, you had your chance. No, He's not. He's a loving God. He's a generous God. He's a gracious God. And He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh before the great and terrible day of the Lord, before Jesus returns. Jesus is coming back. Amen. You guys believe it, but there's lots of Christians don't. We used to have this banner, and, uh, and uh, we probably should wheel it back out of retirement, Steve. And uh, we used to have this banner saying, Jesus is coming soon, look busy. No, it didn't, it didn't have that bit on yet. It just said, Jesus is coming soon. And we used, to, we used to carry that down into town, at, like at Good Friday and things. And you know the people that got offended by it was the Christians. No. no, he's not. Where are you getting that from? When's he coming back? They just had no idea, no concept of Jesus's return. I thought that was really interesting that they just didn't cross their mind that Jesus is coming back. Like never, as, almost as far as they were concerned. Interesting stuff. So I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old man shall dream dreams. Your young man shall see visions. Even on male and female slaves in those days I'll pour out my spirit. When it says your sons and daughters here in this text, it's meaning young sons and young daughters. You know, I remember hearing this said at a conference, you don't get a junior Holy Ghost like you don't get a senior citizen's Holy Ghost you get the same Holy Ghost on a child as you get on a 190 year old man and woman Okay, and you get the same Holy Ghost as you get for a 30, 20, 40, 50, 60 year old Yeah, you don't get a different dose because you're a child or a different dose for an adult and I love that, that God is no respecter of persons that he'll pour out his Spirit on all flesh, no matter who you are, whether you're the lowest of the low, whether you're a slave, whether you know you're the highest of the high, whether you're a president or prime minister or a king or a queen, it matters not. God will pour out his spirit and give you a measure of his Holy Spirit. And we're living in a really wonderful time because in the, the first major Pentecost that we have in the Bible is from the Old Testament when God gave the law to Israel. And the law is a beautiful thing. But then several thousand years later, a few thousand years later, then God gave us another Pentecost of note, which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You see, because in the Old Testament times, the Holy Spirit was only poured out on certain individuals, normally upon a prophet, a priest or a king or someone who was in office. Um, Is that for me? Yeah, thanks. I'm flagging. It's been a long weekend. You don't care do you? <laughs> so just get on with the sermon we don't know <laughs> hallelujah so in the old testament it, the, the, the holy spirit was really only on certain individuals uh, who were called to an office now the word office and people say well where's the word office it's not in the bible it actually comes from the latin version of your bible and the word latin for office basically means to work so if you were in the office of prophet you had the job or the work of being a prophet. That's all it means. Like the office of prayer, it means, it means it's the work of prayer. That's all it means, okay? So we don't need to get all funny about it. But in the Old Testament, unless you were called to the anointed, pointed to the office of, pa- uh, not pastor, <laughs> they don't went around those days. Unless you were appointed to uh, the priest, the king and the prophet, then you didn't really have the Holy Spirit upon you. Certain individuals, other individuals did. We know that they do because in the Gospel of Luke, it says John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit, that Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit, and a few other people were filled with the Spirit before the time of the outpouring. But that was only on a few people. And I remember Joshua, when he was in, 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 in the Old Testament, he was saying, you know, we need 70 other leaders to help with the work of Israel. And they came out, but there was a couple that didn't. I don't know why. And the spirit of prophecy came upon those seventy men, even the few that stayed in the camp. And Joshua, was, Joshua came up to Moses, sorry, and he said, "Moses, Moses, do not permit this. Do not permit that they're prophesying. It, you know, and they're not even here. They're not even with us." And Moses said something really interesting. He said, "If you know, I long for the day when all could prophesy." You know, and that's Moses saw something of the age to come. And so the Pentecost that we have now is that God has given us these gifts of the Spirit. In the Old Testament, the law was written on stone tablets. And even Paul says in Romans 6, the law was weak because it couldn't change us. But then it was never meant to. But in the New Covenant, it says that God's written his law now by his Spirit in our inner man, So it's not about externals coming into us. It's now an inner reality coming out of us. Hallelujah. So we can walk and live this wonderful life. So that's the good news about Pentecost. But I want to link this now to Luke chapter four, because this is also a year of Jubilee. And this is Luke chapter four, verse 18 onwards. And here Jesus is in the synagogue and he's been given the scroll of Isaiah it just so happens that the scroll is in the right place because it's set to the reading of the day and you know it just so happens that it's the queen's jubilee in a jubilee year it just so happens that it's a jubilee right on top of pentecost uh, which the Jews and the Gentiles are celebrating at the same time. It is so many just so happens. And I didn't realise this. Um, you know, last week, we, just these all these little coincidences. Last week, we were talking about, "Oh, lift up your heads, O ye gates. But I didn't realise that that was from the same psalm where it says, Who shall ascend the mountain of the Lord? which is what I was preaching on a few weeks before. It's like God is leading us on a journey. He's trying to teach us something, impart something to us as a church. And I believe as a nation that God is going to do something amazing in our nation. I really do believe that. I know we're going to go through a tough time coming up, but at the same time, I do believe and really believe that God has got a real genuine heart for our nation. And Jesus, when he's in the, in, in the synagogue, he opens the scroll. It just so happens it's this day. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. In other words, to proclaim the Jubilee year. Hallelujah. Where your debts are cancelled, where if you're a slave, you're set free whether you know if anything you know any any sort of bondage or any captivity you're allowed to go free etc and then jesus rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant sat down and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him and then he said today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing can you imagine that today i bet you could hear a pin drop not that they would have pins in those days but i bet you would hear a stone drop who's got a pebble in synagogue you would hear it you'd hear it drop (laughs) You'd hear it drop. As you think about that, this ancient prophecy, 800 years old. Oh, today it has just been fulfilled. Wow. Can you imagine how the disciples felt at the, you know, the Passover meal? And Jesus then pours the wine and says, this is the cup of the new covenant. They'd been waiting for the new covenant. Since Jeremiah prophesied it, again, about 800 years before, and then Jesus just comes out with this, oh, this is the cup of the new covenant. This was the prophecy that was made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah, and it's now being fulfilled. Today this scripture has been fulfilled now Jesus has been anointed he was anointed to bring good news to the poor Now, what we fail to understand here with this scripture is that Jesus was not preaching to the unchurched people He was preaching to believers in God Almighty He was preaching the scriptures to to, to the synagogue who already knew the scriptures so he has been anointed to bring good news to the poor now What we might think here is that poor just means someone with very little money or maybe that they're poor in spirit but actually the word poor here is a is a hebrewism for repentant he brings good news to the repentant and the repentant receive that good news you see as christians now i don't think there's anyone in this room who is who would say that they're not repentant Everyone in this room, I would hope, is, is a repentant Christian. But you see, repentance is the key to the blessings of God. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall... What? Spirit. Sorry? Spirit, yes. Thank you. Everyone's like getting really quiet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so they shall inherit the earth. The poor in spirit. Those that have humble, repentant hearts, those are the people... That will receive this good news and the empowerment from it. You know, James in his letter, not to the non-Christians, but to the church, said, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Or what's the other way around? He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If we humble ourselves, and if we are, and if we come before God (coughs) with a penitent heart, saying, Lord, I know that I've wronged, and I know that I've done wrong, and I shouldn't have done this, and I shouldn't have done that. Because God desires a broken and a contrite spirit from us. There's a beautiful path. There's this beautiful place of the highway of holiness that God wants his people to walk down. But it comes through the doorway of repentance. And repentance means not just saying sorry, Jesus, but it's also about forgiving those that have wronged us. Not walking in the place of offence, but walking in the place of grace, walking in the place of generosity. Because as freely you have received, so freely you give out of that goodness of your heart and your love that you have in you for others. Because let's be honest, there are some people that have done some nasty things to some people. But you see, the only person that needs to be set free is you. Those people are getting on with their lives, whether they're feeling the guilt or the shame of it or not but that's not for us to judge but it's you and me that need to walk in forgiveness and if we're repentant and forgiving then god promises us the power of the good news which is to walk in freedom to have the shackles taken off of you so that you can see so that your heart may receive so that you can be fully who you want who god has called you to be because jesus has said that i've come that you might have life and life in abundance hallelujah and not when you die and go to glory by and by, but he wants you to have abundant life here today our God he's a good God he's a super abundant God when you hold out your wine vessel for Jesus and he's like oh, I'll give you a glass of wine and he just well Jesus wait, easy easy enough no 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 stop when 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 he just keeps it pouring because your cup runneth over and when he makes when he feeds the 5,000 he makes sure there's too much bread and when he feeds the 4,000 he makes sure there's too much fish and too much bread hallelujah because that's the God we serve he's not a stingy God he's not a just so God but 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 when we give, he gives back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into our bosom. What a wonderful God we serve. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus has been sent to proclaim release to the captives. There are a lot of Christians. Again, this is written to believers. It is for the unbeliever, but it's also written to the people of Israel. And Jesus is reading it to the people of Israel. God wants the captives released. And I'm always reminded of that beautiful story when Jesus wants to heal some woman, and the Pharisees are like, Six days thou shalt heal, but you shall not heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, Okay, you religious guys, can I just run something by you? Yes. Did, did you, did you uh, untie your, your donkey this morning to get to synagogue? Yes. So let, no, let me get this straight. So you're happy for that donkey to be loosed but you're not okay for this woman who's been bound by satan for 18 years to be loosed and then it says they were ashamed of themselves religion always has that way of of, of swallowing what was it a camel but filtering out a gnat they want to pick on those little little, little details but not really interested in the big things hallelujah we don't want to be like that god is a good god And so he says to that woman, he says, you know, it's right that this woman should, who's a daughter of Abraham, should be released and from this bondage of Satan. And there are Christians that are held captivity to sin, held captivity to things of their past, held captivity to things that have been put over them, spoken over them, cursed over them or whatever. And Jesus wants to say today in your hearing, enough is enough and today is the year of your jubilee today is the day of the lord's favor and it has been fulfilled in your hearing today now is this true or is this not true because people people get funny about this sort of stuff did jesus die on the cross 2000 years ago yes but is it still relevant to me today can i get somebody saved right here right now today exactly so when Jesus is promising to release the captives is that not also for today because it comes from the same cross Is not healing available today because it comes from the same atonement so whatever happened 2,000 years ago is as real today and I can stand here and say today is the day of the Lord's favor and these things will be fulfilled right here right now because our God is the I am he's not the I was He's the I am. He's the ever-present, eternal, omnipresent God. Hallelujah. And God wants people to be set free. But you see that the key to freedom comes from the first part of the verse. He brings good news to the poor, which is the repentant and the humble. And if you're repentant and you're humble and you forgive others... As Jesus teaches at the end of the Lord's Prayer, and people don't quote this, but he says, If you don't forgive others, then neither will your sins be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the key to coming into release of captivity is from receiving the good news. Now, you must stop stick remember, this is for believers. Stop thinking, Well, this is not relevant to me because I'm a believer, I've got the good news. If Jesus is giving us the good news, Because, let's be honest, there are a lot of Christians that are in captivity, that are in bondage, that are blind. It frightens me how blind the church is today. I get criticised by other people. They think I'm a crazy guy. Yeah. uh. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Right. They're just like... I had someone tell me the other day, he said, Chris, he said, you're really challenging a lot of leaders at this moment in time. They, you know, people are quite offended by things that I'm saying. But it's like, yeah, but it's not like I'm, sa- all I'm saying is like, well, this is going on in the world. This is what I believe God is saying. We've got to do something about it. And it, it, it amazes me that, that so many Christians, good, I mean, these are good people. They're not, they're not silly. They're good people with good hearts that love the Lord, that cannot see what's coming. They seem to think that in some super spiritual way that everything's just going to turn out all right. Even though in history that has never been the case. Things haven't always gone right. And there have been financial collapses before. And there have been wars. And the church went through. And there has been great persecutions like the Roman persecution of the church. And the church went through it. Yeah. Yet somehow today it's like, oh no, God wouldn't allow that to happen to us. Even though it's going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan and it's going on in Iran and Iraq. Yeah. Man, <laughs> And this kind of blindness, you know, where even to the point where some people say, yes, we're living in the church of the Laodicean age. And it's like, what, really? Well, is that all of the world? Are you going to paint the whole world with that big starry stick? Because I I know that going on in the East right now is revival. They're not Laodicean. So who's Laodicean? Isn't it funny how everyone else is Laodicean but the one that says it? (laughs) Oh, it's the Laodicean church. So I guess you're not... Laodicea. No, no, not me. So, so we're in this time where everyone's like, people just can't seem to see. And don't get me wrong, spiritually, the church in the West is very much like the church of Laodicea. I'm not saying that it's not true as a principle, but I'm saying we, we tend to s- spray everything with these big, grandiose things, and actually it's not always true. And God wants to give recovery of sight to the blind. And what's key about the church of Laodicea is God says to them, look, you think you are rich, you think you're well clothed, you think you can see, but actually you're blind and you're naked and you need to receive from me eye salve for your eyes. Because you quite, quite clearly are not seeing straight. <laughs> All right. You're not getting it right. You're not seeing things as you should be seeing things. And that's one of the things that just really frightens me about a lot of the churches. today. They're not really seeing what's coming and they're not preparing for it. And then they think people like me that are trying to prepare for it are idiots. But, well, wisdom is justified by her children, we shall see in time. But God wants to restore the sight of life and sight to his church. God wants a church that are like the sons of Issachar, that they understand the signs of the times, that they understand, but not just understand. You see, you get a lot of Christians that say, Oh, Chris, we're living in the end of days this is happening and that is happening it's okay so what are you doing about it nothing okay so you can say that you're you've you've watched all these YouTube videos and like you're you're really aware of what's going on in the world but actually your heart your actions betray you because the fact that you've done nothing still means you're just as blind as those that can't see what's going on because you've done nothing about it like a blind person and this doesn't just mean to what's going on in the world now it could be lots of different things we can be spiritual blind. We have lots of spiritual blind spots. That's why God gave me a wife. You know, Tracy will tell you she's practically perfect in every way. Yeah. She, she, she actually said that to me once in an argument. No, Chris, I am practically perfect in every way. It's a Mary Poppins quote. We love It's a Mary Poppins quote, but, you know, it is kind of true, to be fair. Um, I've lost my point, but anyway. <laughs> It's a good joke. God wants us to be able to see. Why? To let the oppressed go free. We, as the church, for a very long time now, in various different ways, have been oppressed. We've been oppressed by the enemy. I've seen so many Christians that have been, over the last few years, have been oppressed by depression and, and by you know, various different things and seeing people walk in a lot of sadness. And God doesn't want that anymore. God, I mean, God never wants it. But God wants his church to be free. You see, how can we expect to free others and tell people this wonderful good news if we're not really living in the fullness of it ourselves? God wants us to experience and yeah, will be we're going through a phase of, you know, like a process of healing, like even my wife with her with her uh, bone disease that she had, it was a process it was a 20 year process but in that God walked with her and taught her things like you know, he gave her the name of certain minerals to take and then she was like oh, okay, and looked it up and apparently that does help with that, so she was walking and then she was learning to walk by faith and every day when she was walking and it hurt she just said I walk by faith, I walk by faith, until one day her reward came and she went and reached for, for received communion and was instantly healed, so God is a good God there's a process we all have to go through. It we're not instantly made to see everything. We have to go from a process of from from the night of the night of uh, darkness of night into the light of dawn, into the fullness of day. There's a process we as Christians have to go through, but God wants us to be free, and this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the Jubilee year. This is Pentecost when the, pouring of the, out, the outpouring of the Spirit was given to the church, where you can see Jesus says, said to his disciples in the 120 upper, upper room, said, well, he yeah, said to the disciples, he said, listen, stay, King James, ye here, until you, you, until you are endued with power from on high. So the Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit enables us to go out and do something. I remember uh, this talk by this guy once. Who's that prophet guy who did those worship songs and stuff that you listen to every now and then? What's his name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, he's like a famous worship leader a long time ago, but now he runs a church. Uh, practically perfect in no one. Okay, so. <laughs> anyway. I was I was at a conference where he was he was teaching at he was at Faith Camp Jared Cooper that's it Jared Cooper and and he he was saying he was he was teaching these people how to do evangelism and to you know go out on the street stuff but he said it just he said these guys said you know we've done all this and it just never works no and and he'd spent it was with them for like three days but the first day he couldn't figure out what was going on it was like something wasn't connecting here and then he then the penny dropped they hadn't been filled with the Spirit. Yeah, when you get saved, you're sealed with the Spirit. It's what the scriptures say. But if you read in the book of Acts, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that because this is like a Pentecostal type church. I'm saying it because it's in the book of Acts. And it's true. And even when Peter he went out on his journeys and he said, "Have you yet received the Holy Spirit?" And they're like, "I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit." But they were believers because it says so. And then they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's not a separate. It is a separate thing. Although when you come to Christ, you get sealed with His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm really tired. What am I going on about? <laughs> Jared Cooper, yeah. So, so basically, he, he said he said, "Have you guys ever received the Holy Spirit?" And they were like, "No, no, we've ne- we've never been prayed for to to receive that." So he said, "Well, well, let's start by that." He said a few people were hiding behind the pillars because they knew what was coming and they weren't really into this kind of stuff. I think they were cessationist in their in their things. He's like, "Come on, guys, come on!" So he prayed for them all. They all received the Spirit, and then they went out onto the streets, and the results were staggering. They they just was chatting to people, telling people things that they couldn't have possibly known about them. Uh, there was such a joy there. You know, uh, I wouldn't say loads of people got saved, but certainly that it was much more fruitful than it would ever experienced before because the Spirit empowers us to do mission. The Spirit empowers us to walk the walk of holiness. The Spirit empowers, empowers us to become more intimate and closer with God. Without the Holy Spirit, we just can't do it. It's really hard work without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We need God's Spirit inside of us. God wants his people to be full of the Holy Spirit. But you see, most of us here, we'd all say, yes, I've been filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit in, I don't know, 1919 or something with my great-grandmother Lewis. She laid hands on me and that's where I was baptised in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. But the Bible says, don't just be baptised once. It says, go on being baptised. Do not be drunk on wine, but be ye filled. And the word filled in the Greek is a present tense. Be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. How, Paul? By singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit any place, brothers and sisters. You could be on a train and, oh, glory, glory, glory. The Holy Spirit coming upon you. The people sitting next to you go, oh, it's Chris, that loser again. Oh, hallelujah, glory be to God. You can get full of the Holy Ghost everywhere you go, whenever you go. Sometimes you don't want to be filled with the Holy Ghost because you'd rather be miserable and give yourself the silent treatment. But sometimes you just got to sing yourself up and make yourself happy. in the the joy of the Lord oh my soul why are you so downcast within me come on spirit come on soul praise my God praise my King hallelujah Jesus you are the King of Kings you are the Lord of Lords you defeated Satan you are victorious you are the champion you are heaven's champion you are my God you are my King I love you with every fiber of my being hallelujah I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I can feel it. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And it brings joy. brings joy. God wants his people to be joyous as well. You know, it's been a tough time the last few years. God wants joy in the house. Hallelujah. So, let me just recap now. Good news to the poor. It's about being a repentant and a humble people. Proclaiming release to the captives. Jesus' heart is that his church and the people outside the church will be set free. And recovery of sight to the blind. God wants to enable his church to be able to see again. Come to him and he will give them eye salve that your eyes may be healed. And to let the oppressed go free. God doesn't want his people oppressed anymore. God wants you to possess the gates of your enemies rather than the enemy possessing your gates. God wants to give us good things. And today is a year of Jubilee. It literally is in Israel. It is the Queen's Jubilee and it is the day of Pentecost. That is no coincidence. So let's just pray. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus. Today is a Jubilee day. I thank you, Lord, in Israel. It is a jubilee year. I thank you, Lord God, It is the day of Pentecost when we celebrate the outpouring of your spirit. And Lord, I pray in the precious name of Jesus, pour out your spirit, Lord God, on your churches in this land, Lord God. Revive us again, O Lord Jesus, please. Lord God, bring us to life that we may see and that we may feel, we may live and move and have our being in you. Lord Jesus, set the captives free. In Jesus' name, be set free. In Jesus' name, be set free. In Jesus' name, those sh- shackles and those bondages in jesus name we cut them we break them from you right now in jesus name let's hear the sound of those sh- slave shackles fall to the ground as the spirit of god is setting people free here today in jesus name you are free 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 indeed in the precious name of jesus and all the saints said amen, amen. Hallelujah.